For some, this sound is the reminder of a good time. For others, it sparks the fear of needles. And for those who have regrets, it's the sound of a bad decision. This is the sound of work in the tattooing industry. Hello, I'm Christopher Bridges, and welcome to Inked Up, a podcast about the history, art, and psychology of tattoos. Today, on the second episode of Inked Up, we will be discussing the behavioral psychology of tattoos. We will dive into how tattoos influence behavior and how behavior influences tattoos. As a warning, there will be a small amount of discussion in relation to bulimic eating disorders and how disorders like them relate to tattoos in this episode. So, shall we start our discussion with the reasons for why people tend to get tattoos? So I'm reading this paper here and it basically says that participants' reasons for getting or not getting a tattoo were roughly equal with about 47% responding positively and 50% responding negatively. The primary motivation for those who got a tattoo, about 25%, had to do with its personal meaning, such as to mark its significant experience or struggle. Participants reported reasons such as to keep my mother's memory, a way of honoring my first child, and presented what I was going through at a certain time of my life. Some participants, 12%, also felt that their tattoos were an extension or expression of who they were. As one respondent remarked, my body is a book. My tattoos are its story. Some participants also reported that they found tattoos to be an appealing form of art. So for those participants who opted not to get a tattoo, the main reasons revolved around social and cultural factors, primarily religion, 11%. One participant reflected, I'm a religious person, so my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to keep it clean. Another expressed, I'm a Christian, and it is conflicting as in the Christian religion to treat and respect one's body as a temple. Other reasons that people report for foregoing a tattoo include disapproval from family and friends and incurring negative views at work. Other reasons that people reported getting tattoos is is to improve upon their self-image. They see their body as a way to improve themselves in a similar way to dieting or getting plastic surgery. Having a sense of belonging. Many people get tattoos to feel like they have a purpose within a group, or to strengthen their relationship with a certain identity of theirs. Uniqueness. It is seen amongst people with tattoos that they want their tattoos to be unique to them, and that they want to pursue more unique experiences in life. However, what is seen in women is after getting a tattoo, about three weeks later their confidence in the tattoo falls, and their anxiety rises. This is not seen in men as often, but is still present, and this is why more women are likely to get a tattoo removed than men. In a paper published in 2017, it talks about the psychiatry and psychology of tattoos through their evolution, but we'll get to that later. First, let's talk about some of the numbers that they had in their paper. So overall, 65% of the tattooed respondents reported obtaining their first tattoo by the age of 24, And in this paper, it also says not only are women more likely to get a tattoo removed than men, but women were more likely than men to be older than 30 years old when they had obtained their first tattoo. This paper discusses two hypotheses to explain how tattooing might have been favored in evolution that they call the human canvas and the upping the ante theories. The former postulates that tattooing is an expression of human culture based in symbolic thought with their artistic canvas as a means to illustrate one's personal story and to document history, 
moving from cave walls to the skin over time. The upping the ante theory suggests that tattoos evolved as a fitness indicator, enhancing one's appearance in the context of intersexual competition, similar to a peacock's tail. So now we will start to get into more of the behavioral aspects of tattoos. A very common stereotype amongst people with tattoos, especially women with tattoos, are that they are easy when it comes to sex. According to a 2012 study from the Medical University of Silesia in Poland, people with tattoos are more sexually active than people without tattoos. They gathered a large group of people aged 20 to 35 and gave them a questionnaire based on the number of partners, sexual behavior, sexual harassment they've experienced, and their own view on how sexually attractive they find themselves to be. They found that people with piercings and tattoos have had their first sexual experience at a younger age than people without tattoos. They also have had sex more often with their partners. However, there was no difference in sexual orientation or activity considered to be kinky or risque behavior. Basically, having tattoos doesn't make someone more promiscuous. It just means that they feel more confident with their bodies and probably enjoy having sex more often than someone without tattoos. A paper published in 2017 aims to research the phenomenon of tattoos and how it causes for change in inter- and intrasex interactions. The original purpose was to test a hypothesis that has long gone untested. Tattooing, even in modern societies, may lead to multiple health problems. It has been hypothesized that having a tattoo might honestly signal a man's immunocompetence and good health. This paper discusses the results of a large population-based study where photos of real, non-tattooed men were digitally modified to add a tattoo. The image was presented to 2,584 men and women. Pictures with and without tattoos were rated in several categories. Women rated tattooed versions of the pictures as healthier, but not more or less attractive than the originals. Inversely, men rated tattooed versions of pictures as more attractive, but not more or less healthy than the originals. Men and women rated pictures of men with tattoos as more masculine, dominant, and aggressive. Women assessed tattooed men as worse potential partners and parents than non-tattooed men, but men did not. Effect size comparison showed that adding tattoos has a greater impact on men's ratings than on women's ratings. The results confirm that adding tattoos changes others' perception of men. They also demonstrate that tattoos not only influence female preference, but they may be even more important in male-male competition. There are actually quite a lot of resources when it comes to the connection between tattoos and mental health. This particular paper looks into the idea of sensation-seeking in people with tattoos. The rates of the German population when it comes to tattoos and body piercings are 8.5% and 6.5% respectively. The highest rate of either was found between the ages of 14 and 24 years old. The paper focused on a group of individuals between 14 and 44. They found that the perception of reduced mental health is positively correlated with tattoos, and both tattoos and body piercings are correlated with significantly increased sensation-seeking behavior. The way that they tested individuals with tattoos on their mental health and sensation-seeking behavior is through questionnaires. Participants were given a general health questionnaire, a patient health questionnaire, and the Arnett Inventory of Sensation-Seeking. These questionnaires were followed by an interview, where the participants were asked at the end of the interview if they had one or more tattoos, body piercings, or both. There was the mention that unemployment was positively correlated with tattoos. 
We will address this with another paper that discusses discrimination in the workplace and the employment rate of people with tattoos later. Over the past few years, tattoos have been getting increasingly intertwined with mental health. Designs of tattoos are now incorporating one's mental health struggles more often. There is a project that has emerged known as Project Semicolon, a movement dedicated to presenting hope and love to those who are struggling with depression, suicide, addiction, and self-injury. Project Semicolon exists to encourage, love, and inspire. The symbolism behind a semicolon is that a semicolon is used when an author could have chosen to end their sentence, but chose not to. The author is you, and the sentence is your life. So earlier we mentioned there is a discrimination against people with tattoos in the workplace. Well, here's a paper discussing exactly that. It mentions two different types of discrimination, statistical discrimination and taste-based discrimination. Statistical discrimination is the discrimination against a people because of the belief that you have a group of people is in some way less qualified for the position that you are offering. Taste-based discrimination is the discrimination against a people, to simply put it, based on not liking the group that I identify with or are a part of. In this case, the taste is for or against tattoos. Evidence points to discrimination against the tattooed in the workplace and in commerce. Based on a study in the German banking sector, it was found that employer callback rates are 13 percentage points lower for otherwise identical visibly tattooed applicants versus non-tattooed ones. Evidence is seen that this was taste-based discrimination. Another study shows that after having seen one's applicant's resume, photograph, and restaurant managers preferred to hire non-tattooed male and female servers than their tattooed counterparts. Likewise, a later published paper from the same author finds that consumers prefer to do business with the non-tattooed, although tattooed individuals actually exhibit a higher trust and are willing to work more with tattooed salespersons than those without tattoos. Now, we will be getting into discussing three different papers that are more miscellaneous. We will start with a paper published in 2006. The study looked into a group of 828 students with a mean average of 17.5 years, plus or minus 1.4 years. The students were in attendance of a high school in the district of Caligari, Italy. They had students performing the eating altitudes test uh, to look at their eating habits and a questionnaire to look into their resorting to body modification practices, specifically tattoos and body piercings, as an outlet for poor eating habits. It was seen that more females scored higher than males for all types of eating disorders. More males than females were found to admit the use of tattoos, 14.5% to 5.4%, but the reverse is true for body piercings, 18.4% to 21.3%. Tattoos among females and body piercings in both genders were statistically associated with bulimic eating disorders. The second of the three papers looked into the use of memorial tattoos in the process of grief. This study reported that people's memorial tattoos can be placed all around the body and were seen in both visible and private areas. The participants were eager to reveal or show off their memorial tattoo to the person taking the photograph of their tattoo for the study. The paper was to look at the use of photos in a study of memorial tattoos in the process of grief, and it was found that images of tattoos and in interviews significantly increased the depth of viewing a tattoo for the study. Memorial tattoos can often act as a personal reminder of someone who they looked up to and can be beneficial in the process of grief. The third miscellaneous paper looks into the benefits of tattoos on the immune system. 
This is actually very interesting to look at. So there's a link to an article published about the study in my page below. And the study is linked in that article. So if you're further interested in the more exact science behind this article, it's linked in the article that's on my page. So the study took samples of saliva to test levels of cortisol, the stress hormone, and immunoglobulin A, uh, which is an antibody that represents an immune response to an outside antigen. They measured tattoo experience as a sum of number of tattoos, lifetime hours tattooed, years since first tattoo, percent of body covered, and number of tattoo sessions. Their prediction was that an inverse relationship between SIGA and SCORT and less SIGA immunosuppression amongst those with more tattoo experience. The data in the study suggests that the body habituates over time to the tattooing stressor. It is possible that individuals with healthy immune systems heal faster, making them more likely to get multiple tattoos. So I'm joined by my friend Jerry here, who has a question for me. So go ahead, Jerry. So we know that tattoos are painful nowadays, so why aren't they considered a self-harm behavior? That's a good question, Jerry. All right, so let's break that question down. So first off, let's address the pain aspect. Yeah, tattoos hurt. That's a big reality of tattoos. Uh, with different aspects of a tattoo, they're going to increase pain levels. Uh, and it also varies depending on where it is on the body, the size and style of the tattoo, the artist's technique, your physical health, and how you prepare for getting the tattoo. The level of pain of a tattoo can also depend on your overall pain tolerance. Tattoos can feel like a stinging, scratching, burning, vibrating, or like a dullness type of feeling when you're getting them done, but those are just the normal, like, typical ways that people describe the pain of tattoos. After you're getting your tattoo, the pain will still continue. For about 30 days when it'll actually be nearly fully healed, so for the first like week or so, you're going to be feeling sore and swollen in the area of your tattoo. It might feel like a moderate to severe bruise or sunburn. Uh, for the second week, you'll feel less soreness, more itchiness. Um, and so tattoos may feel like they're burning, uh, which is irritating, but it's pretty normal. Um, a suggestion that a lot of artists will say is don't scratch, but smack your tattoo. It's okay to smack the skin, it won't irritate it, um, and it'll help with the scratching uh, irritation. For the last two weeks of that typical 30-day period of a tattoo's healing, um, the tattoo is going to be significantly less painful and significantly less itchy. So let's get into the discussion of whether or not tattoos are a form of self-harm. As defined by most psychologists, tattoos are indeed a form of self-harm because it follows the definition that self-harm is the infliction of damage to bodily tissue for the release of hormones in response to a stressor, which could be an event or significant change in someone's life that has occurred. Actually, a survey of 432 German adults with tattoos or non-ear body piercings found that 27% of respondents had a history of self-cutting during childhood. Comparing those with and without a history of self-cutting, self-cutters had the same average number of tattoos, but significantly more piercings. Curiously, some respondents reported feeling healed and stopped self-injurious behavior following body modification leading the authors to hypothesize that some use body modification as a therapeutic substitute for autoaggressive acts. So I hope that answered your question, Jerry. 
And actually, another misconception by most people that do not have tattoos about people that have tattoos is that people that get multiple tattoos are addicted to getting tattoos or they're addicted to the pain. But actually, this isn't true. People typically take between two and seven years before getting their second tattoo. If anything, people tend to consider their choices more carefully after the first tattoo because they are now more accurately aware of what being at the end point of a needle is entailing. It is actually quite rare that people will make a rash decision about a tattoo because pain is quite a big barrier and so is the fact that it's permanent and not very cost effective. For more information, check out my additional resources area on my page below. Well, that brings us to the end of our second podcast. I'm Chris Bridges, and this has been Inked Up.